Why don't I just pray before we get into this message tonight. Lord, I just thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, we just, we surrender to you right now. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and speak, Holy Spirit, speak to hearts, transfer these words and touch hearts and speak your truth into the hearts of everyone sitting here tonight, Lord. Do your work in this place. We give you this time, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So what's funny is I was at Mel and Stephen Reed's wedding. Anyone else get to that beautiful occasion? Um, and I get an email from Jazzy, can you come and speak at Change? And I was totally excited. So I like immediately replied, even though I was in wedding party mode. And, um, and we, we went backwards and forwards. And uh, I said, oh, I love the theme. I'd love to speak on God is Peace which is what I'm going to um, teach on here tonight. God is peace. Um, and you know what's kind of funny is because I agreed to come and speak on it in that moment, not knowing what would unravel in my life the weeks following. And it's kind of like God decided, I'm going to give you like an epic Bear grills experience so that you can really catch this word and kind of really understand the power of peace in the midst of the storm. It's going to be good. You ready? Buckle your seatbelts, it's going to be good. You know, there is nothing more refreshing, more sustaining and more affirming than the peace of God. It's, it's incredibly powerful. Psalm 34, 14 says, seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. Here's the thing, we have two options in life. Option one is to be driven by the cares and burdens and pressures and weights of this world and option two is to offer our lives to be led by the spirit and instead of being driven by the weights and concerns and burdens to yield and to agree I'm going to be led by your spirit that's where peace is in that place you know we can do the mental gymnastics anyone good a little bit of mental gymnastics wow overthinking you know over processing that's a fun happy place we can do that or we can surrender. They're our options. That's where true peace is, in that place of surrender. It's okay not to have all the answers sometimes. Isn't that the truth? God does, that's for sure. You know, God never called us to be busy. He called us to be fruitful. And we are most fruitful when we're following his leading. That's the place right there. If you want a life that reflects him best, position yourself to follow his lead and watch the fruit spring up all around you. It's amazing. To be driven or to be led? That's the question. Romans 8.14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Galatians 5.18 says, But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So was anyone brave enough, I think it was around February this year, to get in on the uh, prayer and fast action? Did anybody, like, deny themselves something? Well, here, I was blessed this year because on the first morning of the prayer and fast, as my eyes popped open, the Lord just spoke to my heart and he said, Nat, this year it's not prayer and fast, it's pray and rest. Huh, nice, <laughs> nice option because I'm a busy young mummy. I've got a... Um, almost seven-year-old Sienna, which some of you might remember from the SG days as a little baby Sienna. She was about six months when we headed over to Silverwater. And then I've got Jesse, my young man, who's my little um, boyfriend for tonight. He's three. He's not feeling so good. 
And the reality is, is that mummy is his teddy bear. So he kind of had to come with me so that he, I could be here for him. So he's come for the ride. And then I've got Cleo. She's seven months. She's a little delicious baby and at home tonight, which is cool. So I'm um, busy mum. And so here's the reality. If I want to hear from God, I actually need to be positioned to rest. It's like God needed to slow me down a little bit so I could hear him better. Sometimes he needs to pull us back and we wonder, why are you pulling me back, Lord, from this good work that I want to do for you? But he pulls us back. He sits us down by still waters so that we can hear him better. And I found that that's what God did is I I decided not to do religious battle against God's lead. And no, I am going to do prayer and fast because I'm just, that's what everyone's doing. No, I just allowed myself to be led. I yielded in that moment. I yielded and I I let myself kind of go with the flow. And I had this amazing two-week little sabbatical of pray and rest. And God spoke to me in that time. He encouraged me in that time. And here's the amazing thing is that God has a bird's eye view of our life. And he's grateful that he does sometimes. Because little did I know that actually the reason he had led me that way was because I was about to go into a very significant season of my life. Now, some of you will know my husband, Hartley Taylor. Others may not. But basically, we got home from church one Sunday night and he had a headache. And so he went to bed that night. We called the doctor. They prescribed some stuff. And he popped a few pills. And unfortunately, it wasn't putting a a dent in this epic headache that he had. Uh, we, We got up the next day and along with the piercing pain... He had an aversion to light. He had back pain. And it was getting more and more serious. And so um, Hartley's dad's a retired GP and he advised us, go to your local doctor. You need to get this checked out. So we went to the GP. She took one look at him and she said, you need to go immediately to hospital. So we headed down to the um, the closest hospital and um, we walked into the emergency room and were quickly fast-tracked into an area of observation. And at this point, they said, uh, it's highly likely that you either have viral meningitis or bacterial meningitis. Bacterial can be fatal and can can leave you with significant um, brain damage. Now, in that moment, um, I um, I felt trust. I felt an ease. And it was quite remarkable... Um, there was not one thing in me that believed it would be bacterial. There was not one thing in me that believed that it would be fatal. I knew it was going to be viral and within a matter of days, we were going to be out of that hospital and we were going to be back home again. Now, this is what I attribute that to, is in the moment when we were taken to hospital, an army of believers, just like you, rose their voices in prayer. And I felt the power of prayer. It's like it travelled like an arm into the hospital where we were. And I felt a tangible sense of God's peace surrounding us. I'm going to be completely honest. I felt no fear. I felt no anxiety. I felt no worry. I felt no concern. In my right... If I, I thought... Am I in my right mind? I should be feeling these things. Naturally, I should be feeling these things. But what happened was the church arose and they lifted up Hartley and they lifted up me and I felt prayer come and reach us right where we were in the hospital and I felt none of that. I felt completely unaffected and I thought that's crazy. How can I feel so unaffected when my best friend is lying on this bed and we don't know if he's going to make it out or not? How can I feel so unaffected? How can I not 
believe that. And it was the power of prayer and it was the power of peace like a person in the room with us in that morning, in that moment. Remarkable. It was remarkable. And, you know, as I was driving home from the hospital one night, the Lord gave me this scripture, Psalm 23, 5. And it says, in the presence of your enemies. Now, my enemy in this case was meningitis. In the presence of your enemies, I'll anoint your head with oil. See, what happens when the anointing oil comes on your head? It covers your mind and your thoughts. And there's no room for diversion from truth when the anointing is on your head. I anoint your head with oil and your brimming cup runs over. And what I experienced in that moment was the power of overflow. Overflow is evidence of God's peace in the moment when we need it most. When we can't naturally make sense of the peace and it's there nevertheless, overflow comes. And I felt carried along right through that hospital time. I felt carried along by that overflow, carried along by the peace of God, completely trusting, completely unswerving. It was remarkable. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. One of the translations of the Hebrew word peace is shalom and it means completeness. Now there'll be times where you look out at your circumstances and they'll seem fractured and they'll seem unwhole. But here's what happens when peace comes in that moment. It, it creates a perfect fit. It creates wholeness. It creates completeness and I felt covered and I felt complete even though my whole world in one sense was spinning I felt complete I felt that shalom peace covering me in that moment a fragmented picture made whole it felt okay it was all going to be okay now here's an amazing thing about peace our greatest guide in life is peace has anybody ever experienced the guiding hand of peace you know, if you're ever unsure about something, look for peace. It will direct you. It will confirm or it will raise an alarm bell for you. Peace is powerful. Isaiah 55, 12 says, For you shall be led forth in peace. Look for peace on the highway of life. Is it waving its flag? Is it present? Is it there waving its flag at you on the highway of life? Look for peace. It's your greatest confirming voice. You know, sometimes we need to surrender to the unknown. Sometimes we don't have all the answers. In that hospital ward, ward I didn't have all the answers. It was still a big question. Is it going to be viral? Is it going to be bacterial? What's the outcome going to be? Sometimes we've got to surrender to the unknown and let peace be our guide. Peace was my guide in that moment. I knew what the outcome would be. didn't matter what a doctor said to me. I knew what the outcome would be because peace was my guide. I look for peace on the highway of life, waving its flag at me. And I focus my attention on that. You know, I was um, just taking a half hour walk recently. I've got a crazy household with three little people. And sometimes if I want a moment sanity, I just walk around the block for half an hour. And it's remarkable the good it does for me. <laughs> and I was just walking the block and I just had this harassing thought cycle. You know, do you know sometimes it's like a, this thought cycle gets in your head and kind of messes with you and it's really hard to shut it, shut it down and to shut it off. And as I was walking the block, I just felt the Lord say to me, change your meditation. 
he actually kind of put it back on me. He actually kind of put a tool in my hand. And I find quite often this Christian walk, God puts it back on us and he puts a tool in our hand, doesn't he? It's actually not for the faint-hearted. You know, Joyce Meyer says, we don't need a wishbone, we need a backbone. Oh, man, we need a backbone sometimes. And, you know, I I just decided in that moment, okay, God, that's my tool. I'm going to change my meditation. I'm going to make a choice right now. And here's the thing about the thoughts that get embedded in our minds. Sometimes we have to cut off these thoughts a thousand times before they die. Sometimes we have to go after those harassing thoughts, those words that are lies, that are not truth, that get embedded in our thought cycles, those self-beliefs that are lies and not the truth, those thoughts about our future. We have to go after those thoughts. We have to cut them off sometimes a thousand times before they'll fall away and no longer cause us any trouble. But in that place, we develop a tenacity, we develop a strength and a bit of fight on the inside. That is where we get our backbone. Hey, we don't get handed wishbones in life. We have to build some backbone. Amen? Amen. It's awesome. I love Philippians 4.17 and I love the Amplified Version. Listen to this. It describes the peace that surpasses understanding. You know, sometimes it's better to trust and follow the peace than rely on our own understanding. I know sometimes it looks a bit crazy, but I would encourage you, even where you can't put the pieces of the puzzle together, to lean into peace there, to trust peace, to flow with peace. And it says, and God's peace shall be yours. That means you own it. You can take a hold of it. It's part of you that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace, who wants a bit of that? Soul assured, confident of the future. Nothing can touch you in that place. It doesn't matter what your home life is like. It doesn't matter what your professional life is, life is like. It doesn't matter what's going on in the relationships that are above you or alongside you or around you. That peace is an untouchable force. It's amazing. You can win with that peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. It's like a wall around you, a hedge of protection. This peace that a dark thought and a sailing thought can't get through. It can't mount over because that, that peace is like a garrison, a mount, a built-up wall around you. Incredible. It will protect your mind. Now, here's the thing. And I know there's people here in this room tonight. Some of us get comfortable with the dispeace. We actually get so comfortable with it, we think it's normal. We actually kind of begin to accept that dis-peace. We actually partner with that dis-peace. We partner with that negativity, that anxiety, those depressive thoughts, and we take a hold of it and we begin to walk through life with this partner of dis-peace and we allow it into our world, into our circumstance. We, and you know what the powerful thing is? What we agree with, we give power to. So when we take a hold of it, when we agree with it, when we say, I will allow it to be a part of me, we give power to that thing. And the more you agree with it, the more it builds up in your life. Moment by moment, thought by thought, we build it up and we give strength to it. It's incredibly powerful. You know, the presence of worry, anxiety, depression 
meditating on negativity. Just because it's normal doesn't mean it's right. Just because it's normal doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean it's good enough for you. Doesn't mean it's right for you. Doesn't mean it was intended for you. Amen? Amen. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. There is a flow, there is a current in this world, in this day and age. And if we're not aware, if we're not looking for peace on the highway, waving its flag, if we don't have eyes to see, we will get swept up in that current and we will think it's normal and it's okay. And we will agree with it and we will partner with it for life. Do not be conformed to this world, this age. Listen to the latter half of that scripture, but be transformed, changed by the entire, entire. That means every part of your thought life transformed. Every thought that flows through your mind, renewal of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitude. Who knows that it it means putting on the new. It means taking up the new. It means cutting off the old and putting on the new. Now, here's the thing. I don't want to pretend that life is a bed of roses and I don't think you've heard that from me here tonight. But I do want to encourage you that even in the storm, peace is there. Peace is right there in that place. Actually, can I ask the band to come just as I'm uh, drawing to an end here? And I love Mark 37, 39 because... Jesus is there right in the midst of the storm. And who knows, if you look for him, he is there. When you're backed up against the wall, he is there. He is there. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. Verse 37 says, And a furious storm of wind, of hurricane proportions, arose. And the waves kept beating into the boat so that it was already becoming filled. Have you ever felt swamped by the waves? Have you ever felt like you're in a teeny tiny little boat out on an epic ocean and those waves are coming in at you from the front, from the back, from the left to the right, totally swamped? You know, I can, I can relate to that feeling. To be honest, after we got out of the hospital stage and by the way, Pastor Hartley's doing okay, he's recovering, thank you Jesus, and he's getting back to his post, which is really exciting. There was a time, however in between about a month there where he couldn't do what he would normally do and so I was in like single parenting single like shouldering the church single looking after my husband kind of mode and to be honest if I could describe that time I would say it was like I was in a vice and to be honest I don't quite feel like I'm out of that vice yet it's been heavy going it's been heavy lifting I can really relate to feeling swamped and here's what happened though in that time I felt like this little boat, it's like my anchor had gotten lifted up from the seabed. I kind of felt like, uh, you know, I, I would reach the left, I would reach the right, I would look for those security posts. You know when you're floundering a bit? You know when you're in transition and you can't quite find those safety pillars that are normally there, the ones that you go to, the people, the places, the resources that you turn to in that moment, they're not there anymore. So I'm kind of like, I'm reaching, but they're not there in the, anymore. All I feel in this little dinghy boat is him it's him sometimes he's the only thing there 
and he's the only thing real enough that can reach you and get a hold of you and get you up out of that dark place. And I'm reaching and I'm floundering and the waves are coming in at me and I feel like he lifts my anchor up. So I'm free. It's like I'm off the seabed. And then I feel like he kind of picks all of me up, the ocean around me, the little boat. And it's like he moves me over here. And I feel like he's repositioning me over here. Now, I've been, I've been feeling the vice. I've been feeling the pressure. But this is why I think he's doing it. In this time of transition, I believe he is increasing my weight-bearing capacity. Now, for that, I am grateful. For that, I would walk through that season all over again. I wouldn't ask for it upon myself, but I love the fruit that comes out the other side. I believe he's in, he is increasing my weight-bearing capacity for his kingdom ultimately, for his kingdom ultimately. And for that, I'm grateful. For that, I'll offer myself again to flow with this process. That what, that's what it means to yield. That's what it means to surrender. When all those security posts, the people, the resources, the affirming words are all swept away. You're in a little boat out in the wild ocean and all you've got is Him and His Word and that's enough. His Word is enough. Can you yield? Can you surrender? Can you say that's enough? That's all I need. I don't have to have all the answers. I don't need to know who I'm going to marry. I don't need to know about the promotion. I don't need to know about tomorrow. If you're with me in that little boat, you can pick me up, you can put me down. You can pick me up, you can put me down wherever you like, as long as I've got you. As long as I've got you. It's enough. It's enough. Verse 38 says, But he himself was in the stern of the boat, asleep on the leather cushion, And they awoke him and said to him, Master, do you not care that we are perishing? But he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush now, be still, muzzled. And the wind ceased, sank to rest as if exhausted by its beating. Do you know what's amazing about that? So often there are these big billowing sails full of wind and there's this big opposing thing in your face and this thing intimidating you and this thing speaking to you. And then as soon as Jesus speaks to it, the wind goes and it just becomes this slack sail and there's nothing there. There's nothing there. It reminds me of David and Goliath, this big opposing voice booming out at David. But David didn't see the opposition of a big ugly giant. He had the word of God in his heart. And for him, that shifted his perspective and that was enough. You know, so often those big waves flowing in over the sides of your boat, the wind in the sail, once it all dies down and peace is restored again, you realise it was nothing. Sometimes if you can hold fast to the word of the Lord and you can just hold on to him, hold the line and stand, you'll make it through. You'll make it through to tell a story. And here's my question to you tonight. In your circumstance, in your situation, what you're facing, I want to ask you, what is God trying to add to you? What is God trying to add to you in that place? Now, I know meningitis wasn't God's idea. I know it wasn't his idea. But I I believe in God working all things together for good. I have a perspective of my little life that God navigates through the craziness of life and he will add to if we are yielded 
to. Why don't you just close your eyes right across this place? The very end of that scripture, and there was immediately a great calm, a perfect peacefulness. And I can feel the peace of God right here tonight. And I believe he wants to reassure hearts about the questions that you hold, the future, the unknown things. And I believe even in the quietness of this moment, as we all sit on this altar tonight, as we all sit and yield again in this place, on this altar, I believe God will speak to your heart right now. I believe if you have a question, he'll give you a word. The Lord, I know, speaks to me. He puts words in my heart when I need them. And he guides me by his peace. When there's no words, I look for the flag of peace. Where's the peace that directs me?